Welcome and thanks for listening to this message from City Bridge Community Church. Our heart at City Bridge is to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. To learn more about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. Now, here's the message. Man, that was a fun way to start the day, huh? That was awesome, guys. Give it up one more time for our actors. Guys, that was, a, that was an awesome skit, but we left off in kind of a precarious situation there. Y'all are just going to have to come back next week to find out what happens, okay? I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Normally, we would leave it on a cliffhanger for sure, because that's way more fun. But since there's no family services next week, I can let everybody know. Everybody makes it out okay. They put out the forest fire. Nobody was harmed. Everything is safe, and y'all can rest easy, Okay. Um, my name, if y'all don't know me, is Andre Sampson. I am the elementary director here at City Bridge, which means that I have the honor and the privilege of partnering with you as we raise up this next generation of fully devoted followers of Christ. And it is a ton of fun. So if y'all see me on that end of the building or really anywhere, uh, please come say hi. I'd love to know you. I'd love to meet you and connect some names and faces. Um, so like Miss Ginger said, today we are learning about responsibility. And our definition of responsibility is following through with what God has called me to do. And so we're going to put it up on the screen and we're going to read it together. Okay. And so everybody out loud, we're going to read it on the count of three. One, two, three. Following through with what God has called me to do. Yes, that is our definition of responsibility. And so to learn responsibility today, I'm going to share with you all two stories. Okay. But first, We're going to put up three pictures on the screen, one by one, and these three pictures before the end of the day are going to make sense. They're going to tell a story that we can learn a lesson about responsibility from, okay? So here are our three pictures. Here's picture number one. That is a Pokemon for those of you who don't know, okay? It's awesome. It's a legendary Pokemon, all right? Uh, And then here is our second picture. That is a green, nasty, gross-looking swimming pool right? I would not want to swim in that. And then here's our third picture. That is a prison cell, okay? A little bit darker than the swimming pool, okay? So before the end of today, those three pictures, y'all will be able to connect the dots and see how those three pictures tell us a story that we can learn responsibility from, okay? So before we do that, we are going to get into our Bible story for today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. We are going to be reading the parable of the talents, okay? And so Before we jump in, let's explain two things. First, we need to talk about what is a parable and what are talents, right? And so a parable is just a story that Jesus told his followers so that they could learn a significant truth, right? A parable is just a story that Jesus tells so the people following, the people who heard, could could learn something really important to their lives. And so if Jesus is telling this story to his followers to learn something, let's lean in and listen, friends. Okay, now a talent, what is a talent? Up here I have this bucket of gold bars. These kind of represent talents as I'm telling the story. Okay, and the reason for that is back then, a talent was just kind of a measurement of money. It was like an amount of money. So how much money you might ask, right? Well, one talent, I did the math, okay? And by math, I mean I read the study notes at the bottom of my Bible, uh, and it told me that one talent was worth about $600,000. So one talent back then would be equal to almost $600,000 today, okay? For some of my kids and students, that's like 1,200 Xbox, brand new Xbox Series Xs, okay? Just to, since we're all on the same page with our currencies here. Um, 
And so that is how much a talent was worth, which means they're very, very, very valuable. Okay? Now, again, like we just said, this is a parable, and Jesus wants us to learn something from this. And so a talent, while in the story it means kind of like money, for us, what does a talent represent? Okay, what does it mean for us today? A talent could be, it could be money, right? We've all been given money. And so the way we like to define a talent is a talent is anything that God has given us to use for his glory. So does money fall in that category? Yes, all money is his and he is given, and God has given that to us to use for his glory. Talents could also be like time. We've all been given a limited amount of time in each day and a limited amount of time on this earth and God has given us that to use for his glory. It could also be what I normally think of in talents, which is like dude perfect stuff and singing and juggling and all kinds of fancy stuff like that. And those are also talents. We can use our voices to sing or the things we know or the skills that we have to bring God glory. And they could even be relationships, right? A friend, a coworker, a family member, something that God has given you, a relationship that God has given you to bring him glory. And that's what talents represent to us today. So knowing what a parable is and kind of having a framework for understanding talents, let's jump into our story. And so in this story that Jesus is telling, there's a master, so one master, and then there are three servants, okay? And so the master is going away on a trip. He's going to be gone for some time, and then he's going to come back. And so before the master leaves, he entrusts his servants with some talents to take care of while he's gone. And so to the first servant, he gives him five talents, Okay, he gives that first servant five talents. That's about $3 million, if y'all are keeping up with the math there. About $3 million worth he gives that first servant. That's a lot. It's a tremendous amount of stuff. And he gives that to that servant, and the servant goes to work. He takes everything that the master has given him, and he uses it. He puts it to work for his master. And so when the master returns, the first servant is able to say, Master, master, look, you gave me five talents, and with it, I have made five talents more. Here are the talents. So 10 talents is what he had. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant, right? Enter into the joy of your master. Let's go. He did it, right? He was responsible to follow through with what he had been called to do. And then to the second servant, the master gives two talents, okay? Now, less than he was given than the first servant was given, right? But what did that servant choose to do? He went to work. He got after it for his master and for his master's glory, and he had two more talents. And so when his master came back, he was able to go to his masters and say, Master, master, look, you gave me two talents. Here are two talents more. And the master says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Let's go. Okay? It didn't, that, the, the let's go is not in the Bible. That's just me getting excited. But... It's a good thing, right? And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. He was responsible to follow through with what he had been called to do. And so now let's talk about the final servant. The third servant was given one talent, okay? And we're gonna read what happened uh, to that servant when the master came back. And so here's what happens. And starting in verse 24, we'll read it together. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, master... I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed, and so I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. 
But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. So slothful is just a word that means lazy. So you wicked and lazy servant. You know that I reap where I have not sown and I gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. Uh-oh. That conversation does not sound like it's going really well, right? And so that's the story. And so remember, this is a parable and everything represents something. So I wanna ask us some questions. I want everybody to answer out loud, okay? In this story, who does the master represent? God. Yeah, great, awesome. He represents God, that's exactly right. And who do the servants represent? Us. Us, yes. Okay, and the first two servants, the one with the five talent and two talents, did, were they responsible? Did they follow through with what they had been called to do? Yes, okay, and the third servant, did he follow through? No, right? And it's easy for me to look at that and go, man, what a goof, what a silly servant. Why would he take something that's so valuable that the master has given him and just stick it in the ground? Why would he waste that? He knows his master's coming back, doesn't he? Why would he waste that? And the reality is, while I can judge that third servant, in truth, often I can find myself in life to be a little bit more like this third servant than the first two. And so what I wanna do is I wanna share with you all a story of a time in my life that I was much like this third servant. And as I'm telling it, I want y'all to just listen and think about, and can I relate to this story? Has there been a time in my own life that I have failed to follow through with what I was called to do? Am I maybe not following through with something God's calling me to do today? So let's jump into the story. Um, I was in sixth grade, so the story is when I was in sixth grade, and I love to swim. Raise your hand if you like to swim. Yes, I should see a lot of hands go up. It's Texas, okay? Swimming is part of how we survive summer. So it's very hot outside, and so we love swimming. I love swimming, and I swam almost every day in my pool in my backyard growing up. And so this summer, when I was in sixth grade, my parents were going on a vacation, and me and my brother, who was six years older than me, were finally old enough that they could just leave us at home and we could manage to stay alive until they came back. And so they went for an awesome vacation and they left us. But before they left, they gave us some responsibilities. Now, my brother was six years older than me, and so he got a lot more responsibility than I did. He was put in charge of the house, he got the keys. He got more keys and he was put in charge of the car. Right? He got a credit card. He was able to be in charge of the groceries. They even put him in charge of me. And he had the responsibility of keeping me alive, which I promise you can ask my wife that is much easier said than done, okay? Um, but he had that responsibility. And for me, I only had one job, just one responsibility. And my job was, Andre, keep the pool clean, okay? Here's the little chlorine tablets and the powders and whatever you gotta put in there. Put that in the pool, keep it clean. That's your one job. And I said, okay, got it. And so I stood at the front door and I watched my parents kind of drive down the street and they took that corner and got out of sight. And I said, yes, and ran over, dropped that bag of cleaner right at the bottom of the stairs, ran upstairs, grabbed my Game Boy, and I just started playing Pokemon. I started playing Pokemon a lot, okay? Um, and then after an untold number of days, my parents came home. I don't know how long it was, but I know that I had seven gym badges by then. Okay, and so my parents came home one day um, and they saw that the house was in order. Me and my brother were still alive and they were very happy. They kind of said, not exactly in the same words, but well done, good and faithful children, right? Y'all are still alive, you did it. Um, until they got to the backyard 
And when they looked in the backyard, they saw a pool that looked something like this. Yeah, it was pretty gross. It was bad. Um, And so my dad was pretty disappointed in me. He was not happy. And I got in big trouble. All of my video games were taken away at that point in time. That was my consequence. Which, being in sixth grade, it's a thousand degrees outside, I can't swim in the pool, no video games. I felt like I was trapped with absolutely nothing to do. I was in mourning, I felt like I was in a prison. That's why I might as well have been there to my sixth grade mind, okay? And it was really, really hard. And the truth is, I, all of that happened because I didn't follow through with what I had been called to do. I chose what was easy, I chose what was comfortable, I chose what was most entertaining over my responsibility, over what my father had called me to do. And the truth is, I actually missed out big. You see, I thought I had gained all the temporary fun of playing Pokemon, but in reality, I missed out on getting to swim for most of the summer because the pool was destroyed. And so I thought I was getting something, I had some temporary joy, but lost out much, much bigger when I failed to follow through on what he had called me to do. And so friends, the question I wanna ask us is, am I alone in that? Has anybody else ever felt in life, like just by a show of hands, if y'all wanna raise your hands, have you ever felt like, hey, I've, followed through, I've failed to follow through on what I've been called to do. I've failed to be responsible at times. Okay, so keep your hands up for a second. Just look around. Okay, you're not alone. You're not alone. Y'all can put your hands down. None of us are perfect. All of us fail sometimes, right? All of us fall short at following through with everything we've been called to do. But there is someone. There is one person who is perfect, who is perfectly responsible. And we like to say over in kids' ministry that he is our perfect example of responsibility. Now, I'm gonna ask that, and when I say that one more time, I'm gonna say, who is our perfect example of responsibility? I want all of y'all to say that name as loud as you can, okay? Who is our perfect example of responsibility? Jesus, Jesus. there we go, yes. Jesus is our perfect, perfect example of responsibility. He's the only one who's ever been perfect. And so let's talk about how Jesus modeled responsibility to us. You see, Jesus saw that we couldn't follow through with what we had been called to do. We were falling short. We kept doing something called sin. And we define sin as anything that we think, anything that we say, and anything that we do that does not honor or please God. And we we sin. We all sin. And so because of that sin, we are separated from our God. We're separated from God and we earn a consequence for sin. And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages or the consequence of that sin is death. And so here we are, stuck in sin, separated from God, earning a consequence of death, and there's nothing we can do to get ourselves out of it. There's nothing we can do to fix it. And so Jesus sees that and he moves towards us because he loves us, because he loves you and because he loves me. And so what did Jesus do? He came to earth and he was called to live a perfect life, and he did. He's the only one who never, ever sinned. He lived a perfect, flawless life. And then he was called to do maybe the most difficult thing that anyone has ever been called to do. He was called to give his life and take our consequence for our sin. That consequence of death that you deserve and that I deserve, Jesus took it on himself. And so when Jesus saw, okay, I'm gonna get beat up, and I'm gonna get made fun of, and they're gonna nail me to a cross. He chose to follow through. He didn't give up. He didn't choose what was easy. He didn't choose what was comfortable. 
he chose to follow through with what he was called to do. And he hung on that cross until he died because he loves us, because he loves you and he loves me. And that is how Jesus followed through with what he has been called to do. But the great news is, he didn't stay dead, <laughs> right? Jesus is so awesome and so powerful and so amazing that he came back to life. He defeated sin and he defeated death and he came back to life. And if we believe that that is true, if we just admit that we are sinners in need of a savior and we believe that Jesus Christ came to earth, lived a perfect life and died on a cross to pay for our sins and rose again three days later, then we are saved. We can be saved. And we get a relationship with God. Instead of that consequence of death, we get eternal life. And instead of being separated from God, we get to be with him in an intimate relationship today and forever. That is an incredible gift. There's only one person who could do that for us. It was Jesus, and he did it because he loves us. And that is how he is our perfect example of responsibility. And so friends, when I see that example, when I see what Jesus has done for me, I wanna follow him. I mean, I wanna get after, I wanna be as much like him as I possibly can. And so church, the question we need to ask ourselves then is what have we been called to do? If we wanna be like Jesus and follow through with what we're called to do, just like he did, we need to ask ourselves, what have we been called to do? And so here are a few things that all of us, okay, whether you're seven or whether you're 70, you have been called to this if you are a Christ follower. We have been called to love one another. Like really love each other. We have been called to share the gospel and tell people the good news of what Jesus has done for us and for them. We're called to serve. Not just in a I check the box, I got it done kind of a way, but in a genuine, it costs me something, sacrificial, giving my first fruits kind of service. We're called to forgive. Even when it's hard, even when they don't deserve it, even when they're not asking for it. Forgive, forgive. That's what we've been called to, friends. We're called to know and love God and his word. There's so many things that we've been called to do. So let me speak a little bit more specifically to us. Okay, kiddos, all right? And I'll even include students on this, right? You have been called to obey your parents, right? God's word says this. In Ephesians chapter six, verses one, two, three, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And so, friends, that means when your parents ask you to do something, whether that's be home at a certain time, clean your room, do your homework, whatever those things are, follow through with what you have been called to do because the God's word says it will go well for you, okay? So parents, I see some of us nodding, and so now it's your turn, okay? Uh, the very next verse, the very next verse, okay? Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So that applies to dad and mom. That means it's our job to train up God's children that he has entrusted to us. And so the question that really resonated with me and my wife this week is if the master cared a lot about the talents that he gave his servant, how much more does he care for his children that he has given us. Okay? Now, church family, this is for all of us. Um, 
when God speaks to his people in Deuteronomy 6, uh, we sometimes read it as a me and my because we think it says you, and that refers to the individual. But the you in Deuteronomy 6 is actually plural, which means he's talking to the people. So I'm going to read Deuteronomy 6 to us really quickly with a plural you. And so here's what it says. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You, y'all, city bridge, shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And these words that I command y'all today, city bridge, shall be on your hearts. City bridge shall teach them diligently to city bridges' children and shall talk of them when y'all sit in your houses, when y'all walk by the way, when y'all lie down and when y'all rise. And so what that means, friends, is yes, absolutely, parents are the primary discipler in their kids' lives, but it is our job as God's people, as the church, to raise up the future of our church. It always has been and it always will be. And so friends, it's not about me and mine, it's about us and ours. And so our question, right, is how are we doing at this? Who are we discipling and training up? Who is that someone? Because if you don't have someone, I have several hundred someones on that side of the building that need someone to train them and disciple them and teach them and love them and show them the way that they should go to teach them what it means to love and be loved by our God. Or maybe that's a neighbor, maybe that's a friend, right? As y'all sit in y'all's houses, maybe it's a coworker, anybody else you meet as City Bridge walks on our way. But we are called, we are on mission together as the church to raise up the future of our church in this land. And so that is our special goal, that is our special privilege, that is all of us, okay friends? And so how are we doing Are we deploying everything that the master has given us for his glory, right? Or are we sticking some of our talents in the ground? And most often in life, I can find myself kind of a mix of the two servants, somewhere in between the two of them, right? It's really easy for me to go, oh, this talent, this one's fun. I like to use this one. And this one fits with my schedule. That one doesn't cost me much. This one's good to go too. But let me look at these talents for a second. I don't really like these, right? Evangelism, that's pretty uncomfortable. I don't want to do that, right? Serving, I don't have the time, right? Or maybe for some of us, it's, it's singleness. And I just want to stick that in the ground and wait till it's over. I don't know what that is for each of us, but oftentimes in life, I can pick and choose which talents I want to deploy instead of taking everything that my God has given me and using it for his glory. And friends, that is the call of being a Christ follower, That is what we've been called to do, to take everything God gives us and use it for his glory. That is the high call. I'm not making it up. That is the high call of following Christ. And so City Bridge, let's answer that call, okay? Now let me pause for a sec because I know that can be daunting, that can be overwhelming. If you're anything like me, you've probably got 20 or 30 things in your head right now that you can rattle off. It's like, man, I could do better here. I could do better here. I could do better here. And that's not what we're trying to do. Right? So let me just remind myself and all of us of how that pool story ended. Right? I was in sixth grade with a swimming pool that looked kind of like this. It was green. It was destroyed. I was hopeless, and there was nothing I could do to fix it. And so I have a question for you guys. Who do you think cleaned the pool? Okay, we got some guesses. I couldn't fix it. I didn't know what to do. I got in there with a brush and just churned up all the algae and then just sat there like, well, still green. And so the person who actually cleaned up the pool was my father. He's the one that paid to get it drained and scrubbed and the filters replaced and all of it was him. 
And he didn't love me any less when he got home from that trip as when he left. He loved me the same all the way through. And he paid for it because he wants to give me life and he wants to give me joy. And in the same way, friends, our God loves us. He doesn't love you anymore. He doesn't love you any less when we fail to follow through with what he's called to do. In fact, when we fail, which we all do, guess who pays for it? Jesus did on a cross. God sent him to pay the consequence that we deserve because he loves us. And so that's a God I want to follow, friends. That's a God I want to be like as much as I can. And so City Bridge, we have ground to take. But to make it simple for each of us, here's what I want us to do. Okay, instead of thinking of 20 things or 15 things, let's just pick one, right? And we're going to stop for a second here and take about 15, 20 seconds of just silence to give all of us an opportunity to talk to God. So you can put your fingers on your brain, you can put your hands together on your heart, whatever works for you. And we're just gonna talk to God and I want you to ask him and say, Father, what is the one thing you want me to take ground on? What is the one thing you're asking me to follow through with? No matter how big, no matter how small, what is that one thing? Thanks for listening. We pray this message encourages you on your journey with Jesus. If you found this message helpful, feel free to share it with others and leave us a review. To learn about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. You can also follow us on social at citybridgecc. See you next time.